Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts. Yeah, that's yeah, I think that's all the stuff. Um so I've been thinking a lot about this podcast. I've been running on numbers in terms of downloads and listenings, and we seem to be an off-season podcast, which is just fantastic. That's the stuff I enjoy the most. To be really honest with you, I love rookie evaluations. I love Delving into myths and trends and seeing what's true and what's not to help make dynasty decisions, redraft decisions, in-season decisions easier because you have a you know a background knowledge of what's good and what's bad and which numbers to pay attention to. So yeah, I'm fine. I'm good with that. Let's keep that up. Um, having said that, we're into the doldrums of the season in terms of listenership content. Um, and everything else. There are lots of teams that are no longer in the hunt. So if you're in a dynasty league, you're thinking about next year. If you're not, you're not probably listening anymore, which is fine. Um, but I want to, as I always am, think more long-term or broad scope. Um, something that I do want to do for this podcast, and I'm a terrible seller, and I want to do more with this. You know, I really enjoy it. I would love to, you know make more out of it but I really don't know which way to go I sent panic dms to so many different people like what am I meant to be doing and the more I explore it the more it is sell stuff basically I'm meant to be selling you merch I'm meant to be you know plugging some paywall somewhere and I just I respect all of those I need all of those I just it just sounds so not fun as opposed to fun and I don't think anything that I do that is of any interest to anyone I don't think it's gonna work if I'm trying to impersonate any so it's just no um however I do want to create more action around us around the podcast around a twitter little group we've got going around the patreon and the only way to really get involved with you more is to you know ask you to do things and then I do things and we we get involved in more and than just you reading my content and listening to it or you know owning me on twitter and what i've got for that right now is patreon and yeah i know you it sounds like i'm gonna sell you something after everything i just said but look my, most of my patreon's free and by most i mean pretty much all of it and um, i mean you need to subscribe for a minimum of a whole dollar um to like get the permalinks to my NFL databases and a few other database players, you know, my market share database of prospects and basic NFL stats and trends and stuff. That's all free, pinned to my timeline at both Patreon and Twitter. Like everyone's got it. Um, but I do try and release some 
pure Patreon content, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about go and sign up for my Patreon. I'm saying, how about you go check it out? Most of the stuff posts I put up are for free. Um, I write mini articles every week during the 2020 season. I've been posting head-to-head, so if anyone wants to come take my dollar instead of giving me a dollar, you can do that. So, yeah, I'd just love to see some more people on there, some more comments, more instructions, because everything I get on there, it's like solid gold. Which brings me back to this episode, thankfully. So, yeah, yeah, check it out at Patreon backslash PA Howdy. I mean, that's me. So, um, or in the link in the description, I guess. Um, but anyway, or check me out on YouTube too. That can be another action thing. I have a YouTube channel. Obviously, that's all free. Some of it's just nerdy how-to stats. And, you know, some of it's watching a live stream every week. That's also available on Twitch or, you know, individual videos talking about stats and trends, like a different type of podcast where I can show graphs and stuff. So, yeah, check out that too. But anyway, um, back to the podcast. One of the suggestions I've got is to get more individual player-specific rather than more general trends I've been talking about sometimes. Um, I have someone comment the other day asking they wanted me to reevaluate my rookie video on YouTube about Chase Claypool, which should be fun talking about how wrong I got that and what I think of him now because I'm not quite sure myself but the player that's really been on my mind because someone asked me on Twitter was about Henry Ruggs and I saw a few other people talking about him so I thought maybe I'd delve into that because I am a known and documented hater of Henry Ruggs I did as is my want you know um and the way I recommend playing fantasy, which is, sure, develop strong opinions and strong takes for fun, but realize that the world is not predictable. We don't know the future. So you have to know what bet you're making and then when to change that bet, right? Um, and I developed really involved, complicated metaphor about getting lost in the woods and deciding whether you should work north or south because there's a maybe a road in either direction and a certain amount of miles. And it just got... Yeah, let's not do that. But there is a continual reassessment of whether you want to turn around and make the other decision on an individual player, whether they're a rookie or sophomore or whatever. You make your strong opinion. You know what bet you're making, what the chances and what the odds are, even though you know anything can happen and you know you can be wrong. You've got to make a decision. So you constantly reassess for is it time to turn around and recover the miles I've already walked and start walking in the opposite direction from scratch, and at what cost is it worth doing that? That's essentially the dynasty, constant dynasty question. So with rookies, it's not so much do I like them, are they having a good season or a bad season, it's is their value enough to make me change direction of what I think of them from the rookie profiles and college stats, or am I just going to keep going? Because even if I am wrong, the risk is still not worth recovering the miles I've already walked, or in other words, not drafting them in rookie drafts, um, to change my mind and go in the other direction. So with Henry Ruggs, I'm a known hater, but I did write an article about the positive aspects of his profile. You don't get everyone loving a player, unless it's like Riley Ridley, I guess, without something good happening. And, and when I delved into his stats from Alabama, what I found was he was a heavy touchdown maker. So the positive I could say is he was a much bigger part of an offense than a wide receiver three in that conference, in that division, or in fact, for any conference of any division through the college system. I couldn't really find another player that was that productive, especially at 
predominantly through the touchdown department, that deep on the depth chart, or really any depth on the depth chart. He was a heavy touchdown producer for that team, and that was impressive, and explains a lot of where the love of Henry Ruggs was coming from. He's this incredibly involved, incredibly productive player on his college team, with two other players getting more targets and more yards around him, or a bigger percentage of the team's yards, and targets at least. So, yeah, I understood where it's coming from, but that doesn't compare to any other breakouts. That's not the stat we use to suggest that players are going to be good in the NFL. But again, it's fairly unusual, so you can't say it's not a bad thing. Having said that, when I delved through the outliers in my rookie evaluation of Henry Ruggs, I didn't find any that we missed on in the stats that I typically prefer, because they test higher and tend to have a better hit rate, that we may have missed in because of touchdown rate. Now, Michael Thomas didn't have this extraordinarily high touchdown rate, despite his overall profile being low in those other stats, and that might be how we missed him. So there was no real reason to believe that those touchdowns predicted or suggested that he was going to be better in the NFL than the rest of his profile did, but it was worth noting. I like knowing what's good, (laughs) right? I like knowing this player was good in college and what people are talking about or what they're seeing. That made them think, even though his overall production profile was terrible. It was it, sorry, guys. It was it was it was awful. Like it was it was bad, bad. But I can understand why he looked good and why he may have skills that didn't show up in more because you know nothing's one hundred percent hit rates. You know, if we get lucky, get over fifty percent. There's a lot of room for players being good in other ways. So just reasonably, I was down on Henry Ruggs. But the value line I put on it was, it's a late first-round pick. He's a first-round wide receiver. He was the first wide receiver drafted in the in the NFL draft, if I remember right. Lots of people like his tape. In fact, the tape grinders I brought on didn't really say they liked his tape. In fact, they were like, meh, he's fine. So it wasn't a lot of he's showing skills or route running or whatever nonsense. On film that tape grinders like, there wasn't a lot of that either. And, and so the hype mainly, I came think, came from being fans of college f- sports and seeing him do so much with so little on a good team. And I understood that. And I understand that. Um, so that's where the love was coming from, and rightfully so in some ways. He was incredibly, Alabama was incredibly lucky to have him, to be very clear. Not many players can be that productive in what he was earning for himself. But anyway, so... But he was a first-round pick, and there is all all this percentage chance outside of the typical hit rates that we're wrong, right? So a late first-round pick for an early drafted wide receiver in what looked like a strong class seemed fair to me. That meant I wouldn't draft him above T. Higgins, but above Brian Edwards, who I still really like, yeah, it was fair. That was my fair value line. I wasn't going to let him slip out the first. Brian Edwards, my interest in him really came at the early second. Hopefully when all the first round wide receivers are off the board, unless someone's being crazy. That didn't mean I was chasing that pick. Didn't mean I'd trade into that pick to get Henry Ruggs if he was falling. But that was my value line. So what's his NFL season look like so far? Um, and that's where the, the trouble begins, because people that like him now might be thinking, do do I stop liking him? Was this so terrible? And honestly, and if you want to go back a few episodes ago, I can't even remember how many, where I talked about how rookie wide receivers, I think it was week six, are doing so far. 
and I've relisted, and I've got a lot of YouTube videos listing these as well, typical stats that we can look at, just something like target share. What does an average player who goes on to have a top 24 season at some point in his career, or multiple for that matter, because there are two different thresholds, um, do in their rookie year? What's the average? What's the common? What's the range of reasonableness for how much they were meant to do as a rookie? And you're not meant to do a hell of a lot, but typically you are meant to do something, especially with first-round draft capital. Now, right now, Henry Ruggs has a 9% target share, according to Rotoviz, Rotoviz Screener app, which is below average for players that don't do much in their rookie year, but are showing promise. But it's within range. Like, I think 11% is a fair average for what rookie wide receivers could get and then go on to have a pretty good fantasy career for us in our game. But 14% is really ideal, and above that is like a phenomenally great season, right? Even if it's not for going great points per game season or starting them in their rookie season, that's a very impressive season. Henry Ruggs is below those marks, but 9% doesn't speak say to me he's terrible. He's incapable of earning targets on this team. And remember, he wasn't a dominant wide receiver in college when things were easier, so he it could be reasonable to expect him to have to grow into a more dominant role when you're needed by more of the offense. But I'm being generous here because overall what I've seen from Henry Ruggs this season through stats and his play, not that I watch, he, he looks like what I thought he was. He's a good player. He's going to have be good in the NFL. The Oakland Raiders are going to be happy to have him and should be fired for taking him that high. But they're sure going to be happy to have him. He's a good player, and Raiders can be proud of him. But he doesn't look like a player who really needs or will earn or create those high target shares, high fantasy relevant seasons. But 9% is not a reason to suspect that won't happen if you saw something different in his rookie profile. And this is where I guess I'm weird compared to most. I play both sides, especially against myself. Now on Twitter, in an argument, in a trade, in a league, I take a strong opinion and I run with it because that's fun. But if I'm talking to you guys about what he's actually done, I mean... Yeah, I can have fun on Twitter or somewhere else or on someone else's podcast saying, ah, he's terrible. And I'll, you know, spit out stats to say how terrible he is, some of which I'm going to mention in a second. But honestly, if you liked Henry Ruggs more than I did, based on what I've just said, a more rookie uh, evaluation on the podcast or on YouTube or that whole article I wrote throwing praise at what Henry Ruggs was able to do at that position on the depth chart on his team then you should still like him that much. His numbers aren't so terrible that they predict he's going to be bad. To me, it looks like a continuation of, there's more to this player than his college profile said, but he doesn't look like the typical wide receiver who goes on to create good fantasy points for us. He did, he's still looking like that. But again, if you had the opposite opinion, this looks fine. He could still go on to have a top 24 season next year with these numbers. That having been said, trying to move on from the averages that I was talking about on YouTube and and the last podcast when I said, what does a good wide receiver on average do in their rookie season and how are rookie wide receivers and running backs doing so far? I created a model. And okay, it's it's a lazy-ass model, okay, because I didn't, I didn't test out a sample. I haven't gone into depth in it. I just wanted to know a fair way to compare how these rookie wide receivers are doing to past rookie wide receivers since 2009 or so. And so that's what I did. I just used yards per team, pass attempt, 
points per game, target share, and also fantasy points over expected to create some sort of reasonable model that projected their fantasy points on average throughout the rest of their career using averages from players since 2009 in their rookie seasons. So we're we're comparing an unfinished season, that should be known, but since I'm going through points per game or per game adjusted numbers, we can compare them so far how well they're doing. Um, And so I just thought I'd give it to you straight. Now, again, just to throw some names at you here, I ranked all players since 2009 in their rookie seasons at the wide receiver position, and some notable players ranked badly. They're ranked in the middle. And there's around about, I I can't even remember, there's around about 200 players um, who played more than five games um, since 2009 in their rookie season. And players like Randall Cobb, Alan Robinson, Chris Godwin, lots of good players didn't score particularly well in this very simple model trying to predict their points per game over average for the next few years. Um, But they didn't do badly either. They didn't score under 10 points per game predicted, for example. So it's fairly good, but it's not like a model I'm telling you I'm going to track in my database or anything else. I just wanted to come, I just wanted to adjust the yards per team pass attempt by the target share and the points per game and see how that compared to past rookie classes to give you some idea of how good or bad these were. For example, Justin Jefferson ranks one since 2009 in this rookie model. He is having, according to yards per team pass attempt and target share and fantasy points per game, fantasy points over expected per game, sorry, and he's having the best rookie season ever. And if you look at the top 12 results, apart from Michael Thomas, who comes up ninth, everyone else is pretty much from the 2020 or 2014 class. So it all kind of passes the eye test. And again, to be very clear, some of the best players were in the 70s. They weren't in the top 10. But, you know, models are what models are. It has about a 53% accuracy or R-squared in terms of projecting PPR points in their sophomore season, which, you know, is just a little bit better than a coin flip, and that's kind of where I draw my line. So Justin Jefferson is having a phenomenal season. No one... I, I really would say no one's really having, ever had a better rookie season than Justin Jefferson since 2009. He's number one. It's projecting over 20 points per game for his sophomore season. He's one of only three players through this model in the 2020 class who's actually being projected for more points per game than he's currently getting in 2019, in 2020. And that's notable because players that are actually projected for more points per game than they got in their rookie season on that common per draft class and tend to be the cream of the crop. Even if someone better got lower scored and then rose up to be the best wide receiver from that class in the future, the ones who actually had that trend um, in terms of if it projected them to get more or less the next season, those were all at least good players. And Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins and uh, are both in that category. And the other one is uh, actually Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb. Both get projected for marginally more points per game than they're getting so far in 2020 for 2021 so that's great for all those players um, and I, I'm just talking about Henry Ruggs in this podcast but I just thought I'd throw out the top list here it is Justin Jefferson T Higgins comes in second significantly behind Justin Jefferson he actually ranks 13th overall since 2009 Jerry Judy ranks 18th overall since 2009 and CD Lamb ranks 21st these are all great scores fifth is Trace Claypool who I'm gonna leave for a YouTube video before I reassess him then it's Brandon Ayuk and this is where they start 
start to get projected for less points per game than they're getting this year. And Liska Schnomp, Donald Mooney, interestingly enough, nice uh, nice come up at rookie rank 8, according to this very simple hacky model. And then Michael Pittman, who I only mentioned just to make Zach Reed happy. Meh. Hate Michael Pittman. Not really, but you know. And there it is. So the players that I notice are outside of that list that I still really like. My... I, I'm not seeing a bad enough season that I'm going to turn around, start walking in the opposite direction, and fade how much I like them. Uh, Denzel Mims, uh, Jalen Regor. They're the first two names that obviously jump off the list. Jalen Regor's only got like a 7% target share so far. Um, he actually has played in 10 games, which is worrying to play that many games and not be, have more opportunity. Um, and he's only got 0.3 yards per team pass attempt, according to this calculation, which is literally just... Rory Oz divided by team's pass attempt, but he wasn't available for all those pass, uh, team attempts, so it's a little unfair way of calculating it, but I wanted to go simple on this. Um, Denzel Mims also only played eight games, and 9% target share, 0.4 yards per team pass attempt. I mean, those are bad numbers, but again, like Henry Ruggs, are within the range, and it's not nearly enough for me to change my opinion and start walking in the opposite direction. So, Henry Ruggs, where is he? He's got a 0.4 yards per team pass attempt and about a 9% target share, as I mentioned before. He is actually being efficient according to fantasy points over expected per game, which is, again, just adjusting it per game so I could compare him to past classes with four seasons. And so he's actually at 0.6 over expected. I mean, it's not phenomenal, but being efficient is a good thing, as we know from Blair Andrews' work on Rotoviz being in an efficient category in your fantasy points uh, over expected actually puts you in a higher hit rate group to get more opportunity the next season but frankly Henry Ruggs should always be already be in that category being um, a first round wide receiver in fact he was selected 12th overall I think I just randomly remembered so the problem with Henry Ruggs for me is still his college profile his rookie season seems to fit what his college profile said to me Regor, uh, Mims and Regor doesn't fit. I think there's more in the tank. I think these are just rough rookie seasons, and they're within range of what good wide receivers later did. Remember that, you know, Alan Robinson, Chris Godwin, even Randall Cobb, who was lower drafted as well than both of those guys, um, ranked in the 70s here. And Mims and uh, Regor actually rank 113th and 123rd, so they're lower. But again, the, these target shares aren't worrying. And it is... So... Between those types of players, players that aren't hitting these high notes in their rookie season, and I mean high notes compared to a reasonable average of production for a rookie drafted in that draft round, they're not hitting it. Neither's Henry Ruggs, and so what I do personally is I rely on what I already thought of them coming in, based on how productive and what role they played in college, and that means Mims and Rago, I'm going to keep walking in the same direction, hoping to hit that road and get out of the woods. I... I forgot for a second that I hadn't told you that metaphor. I just refer Anyway, I'm going to keep going in the same direction. I like them both. Um, in the rookie draft, I had them as mid-first-round picks, mid-to-late-first-round picks. I'm still there. So if their value drops below that, I'm chasing it. And I think their value is at least shaky. They're probably going to be held at that value. But um, 
I do think there's an element to having a rough, middling, not great rookie season. Not terrible. These aren't bad seasons. 9% target share is fine, again. 0.4 kind of sucks. But 8 yards per team attempt. But 9% is, is fine. I would hope for more. But it's fine. You know, just like Henry Ruggs described Travis Fulgram. I still, I'm still toting over that. Anyway, um, so Henry Ruggs is in that category as well in terms of his target share. But the thing is, Henry Ruggs has pretty much been available for the whole season. I think Mims and Ragos have more injury problems than him. And I don't just for injury, but it is notable in the back of my head. It's also notable that he, he was a first-round pick. Now, so was Rago. Rago was drafted a lot later. And Ruggs was the first wide receiver off the board. And as I said... I think Oakland was the best landing spot for him. I do think that's a team that would want to use a player like that with his particular skill set. And and they ain't, frankly. And all of that trends or continues to re- confirmation bias my already preset assumptions that Ruggs was drafted way too high compared to what he was in college. So I'm willing to make some excuses for Mims and Rago while admitting they're having... Not great, but fine rookie seasons. But when I see a player I didn't have a high opinion of from his college production, have a same level mm, kind of rookie season, and he's the one who had the maximum draft capital with the ma- with the most enthusiasm from his team because of it to get him involved, and he's actually getting less in terms of efficiency, or in terms of yards per team pass attempts, slightly less, you have to go to multiple decibels to prove it, and then, yeah, that's more concerning for me, and I'm going to use that to confirmation bias what I already thought of him. So where's the value line? My value line moves down on Henry Ruggs. Yours should too, hmm, that was a weird inflection there, yours should too, because this is a bad rookie season. So should it with Mims and Rager. But the thing is, I'm not moving Mims and Rago down very far at all, to the point that they're at the exact same value, whereas I was already pretty low on Henry Ruggs, like 1-1-2, one, one, the, the 12th pick in the first round, maybe, was my Henry Ruggs line. Having said that, I think he could fall below that, because there wasn't a lot of enthusiasm. The nerd community and with their numbers didn't like him. The tape community, again, every tape grinder I brought on, none of them would gush over what he looks like on tape. So it's mostly carried over by just college football fan enthusiasm or Alabama offense enthusiasm, right? So I think he could drop below that line. I'm not going to drop his value much, if at all, like with Mims and Rago, because that's fair based on the the rookie stats here. But if he falls below that one one uh, that twelfth pick in the first round value, yeah, I think he's a really good buy because he's a first round wide receiver, and there's forty five percent of this stuff that doesn't fit the model. Right? We've got a slightly better than a coin flip chance of getting it right based on hit rates. I'm willing to invest a second-round pick in Henry Ruggs if his value falls there after this rookie season and in order to do that. Um, Mims and Rago, I both had higher than that, so I'm still buying them for first. If people really hate these middling to terrible-ish rookie seasons, I'm very excited to get those guys for first-round picks as a difference, whereas Ruggs, I will trade him at second-round value, but I'm not overly excited about it. It's just... A smart investment based on draft capital. And that's where I am on rugs. I don't know if that 
I, this was meant to be a really clean explanation of what my process is with this. I don't know if it is, but that's where I'm at with rugs. To be very clear, all three of these players, and I thought it was fair to group those other two in with him, because they all have very similar target share, very similar yards per team attempt, um, and actually very similar fantasy points over uh, expected. Um, so what's the difference? The difference is what we already thought of them. Um, and that's where my value lines are. And again, that's the process with Dynasty. And I know it's not as fun. I know it's not as hot takey. And I'm gonna. That's not the way I'll describe Mims and Rago when I'm making takes. Like Rago's gonna kill it. You're all undervaluing Rago. Whatever it is, that's the way I feel about it. But Cold Hard's assessment. That's where I actually am. And so I'm trying to be, you know, open and honest. If you liked Henry Ruggs, you should probably do the same with him. You should be like, yeah, I'm going to go and buy him for the same value as I would have had him in this 2020 rookie draft because this season is not nearly terrible enough to really adjust him down very far. Now, me, because I was already out a little bit, I want want a little sauce. I want a little sauce if I have to turn around and walk all these miles I've already walked away from Henry Ruggs to come back and then hope that, you know, He's just one of these outliers that doesn't fit into typical um, production metrics from college. He's not. He's not going to work out. I'm sorry. He's not a Deshaun Jackson type player. He he's 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 what every other player we always thought Josh would be Deshaun Jackson is, which was nothing really. There was no other Deshaun Jacksons. All the fast guys with draft capital never really worked out, did they? And I think that's what Henry Ruggs is going to do. But yeah, I'm trying to, you know, rehearten the Henry Ruggs cloud. If you really liked Henry Ruggs, there's no real reason to stop liking him. I would suggest you start liking players based on different reasons. But hell, man, whatever works for you, right? Whatever your process is that's getting you to the fantasy championships, just keep riding with it because I get it wrong plenty. But yeah, my process saved me from Henry Riggs, I'm pretty sure. But it also led me to Rager and Mims, which is a counter-argument to this, by the way. I've already given you how to own me, so I'm just going to move away from it. Um, So yeah, that's where I'm at. Hopefully I did something. Again, I'm just looking at three very simple numbers, all available, obviously, in my databases, um, or on rotoviz.com, to compare them to past rookie players. Um, and those are three stats that I think are very important to look at. Target share, yards per team attempt, and fantasy points over expected. I think you have a very clear picture of how a rookie season shapes up compared to good and bad players to help reevaluate where your value line is for these guys. And Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, you should definitely be willing to pay more, a lot more. Then uh, we've, we have seen the lowest value they should ever be at in Dynasty Leagues. I, I'm pretty confident from now for the next few seasons. Jerry Judy, it's fine. 22%, 0.9 yards per team attempt. It's good, actually. I'm not seeing enough. I want to turn all the way around. And I was, I, I'm doing a Henry Ruggs commentary here so I shouldn't go into my evaluation of Judy here too much but yeah yeah it's probably good enough I should turn around from neutral into liking to be honest that's where I should that's where I think I am on Judy CD Lamb just yeah give me all the CD Lamb (laughs) even though he's having roughly the same season that Judy is with slightly less target share but you know I'm not I'm not doing a full-blown commentary 
on these guys right now. So this is Henry Ruggs. Back to Henry Ruggs. But still, yeah, just a brief glimpse of how it works for those players. Those are the names that are really, like, really impressing this season. Claypool, I think that's the value line for me on who's really impressing and we should fully commit to their, I will fully commit to their increased dynasty value. After those one, two, three, four players, it gets a little bit more shaky. This is just for situation. Let's go back to our rookie profiles. That's where I'm at. That's what I think this class is doing. And to be very clear, four players, I can say that about. Yeah, this this was the 2014 class all over again. We should have gone all in on that. This is a phenomenal rookie class of wide receivers. And um, yeah, it's great to see. We're going to enjoy these guys for years to come. And also, Donna Mooney ranks eighth. Just throwing it out there. All right, I'm getting out of here. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'll talk to you again next week. Probably want, trying to stick to one player at a time a little bit more than I have been. Past podcasts. Hit me up on Twitter at PA Howdy. And uh, yeah, see you again next week. Thanks again. Yeah. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that I like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.